This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Everyone and welcome to episode number sixty-six, double six. Of what did you watch this week? My name is Mike, and my name is John, and we are only three, three, three episodes away from the kinky number episode. <laughs> Giggity. So, yeah. so John, yeah. Did you watch a lot of stuff this week? Well, it didn't feel like it, but it kind of was. I, I kind of watched quite a bit. I, I watched good stuff, I feel. You know, this is summer, and we're kind of in that weird lull spot. Um, I, I did want to start off, though, with one fun little trivia thing. Um, before the podcast tonight, we're recording Monday night, I popped in. I got a, a game from uh, Gamefly, and I just popped in for a few minutes to uh, play it. Um, it was the two-pack of Arkham Knight or sorry, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. And I popped it in. And the only reason that I'm bringing this up is because I noticed something that could have been added. This is the remastered version called Return to Arkham, or it could be something that I never noticed before. I think it's because it's remastered. They redid this, but as I'm watching the opening cut scene and it's great, you know, Bruce Wayne getting locked up in the prison, uh, they're running all the credits, you know, Rocksteady, Warner Brothers Interactive. And then it says right on the screen, Batman, Created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. And I said, nice. ah, I know that. So, nice. So that was kind of cool. Sweet. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. I, myself, did not watch a lot this week. Mike, I, I, uh, we need to have I, an I watched, in here? I mean, I did watch some stuff, but I didn't watch a lot of stuff. The, the I podcast just, uh, is, what did you watch this week? Not, what didn't you watch this week? True, um, but um, yeah, I just didn't watch a lot. All right. <laughs> so why don't you why don't you kick us off? Would you? What did you watch, John? Well, a couple of real quick ones for the for the opening part here. Uh, Downward Dog was a great episode again this week. Although it's a short season, I couldn't help. Oh, but and notice. it's the only season too. Oh, did it get canceled? Oh, you didn't see that the other day? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. It's been canceled. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, because I noticed that this week is a double episode, and the second one said season finale. You know, that's too yeah. bad. It's a Should really good concept. Finale. And it was an enjoyable show, but uh, I guess it just wasn't right for TV. Uh, but it was a good one. It was about getting older. You know, not old, old. He's only seven. But, you know, in dog years, that's 49. He's getting up there. You know, and he's dealing with a puppy. And, you know, conversely, his owner, Nan, is dealing with being, you know, a middle-aged woman with her middle-aged woman friend at a club for young people. And, you know, they do the traditional, you know, they think that they're mothers or nannies or whatever. So, yep, fun stuff. Nice. And uh, I also watched the two-part season opener of Wrecked on TBS. This is the second season of Wrecked. Um, this is a show that originally I thought it was just like 
a complete spoof of Lost, but it's not really like it's goofy in some ways, but the it's meant to be more like I don't know. It's not a parody like the Angie Tribeca's are. It's more of a a funnier riff on a legitimate genre. You know, these people crashed in an airplane on an island and they've been trying to survive and each one of them has a different personality, of course. And I um, think I remember seeing a trailer for that, yeah. It's not bad. It's not it's not terrible. It's not goofy. Um it's got some good stuff. It's got Riz Darby, and of course I love Riz Darby. Uh best role ever was the uh Were Human. But uh, Oh God, that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and he's just great. But yeah, it was enjoyable. Uh, two part season premiere. It's back. So there's that. Cool. Did you, uh, did you check out Dark Matter this week? I did not watch Dark Matter this week. No, I did not. I, I did not, I did not find time. My apologies. Um, you know what I did watch though? No. But I bet you're gonna tell me. I bet you're gonna tell the entire audience. Everyone here is on pins and needles. I have watched the first two episodes of Blood Drive. Excellent. Let's talk yeah. about. I have Blood I have Drive. watched the first two episodes of Blood Drive, and I I I would just like to say this. I I am shocked uh, with the content matter of the show. Uh, not that I'm offended by it by any means, <laughs> uh, but just what they're able to get away with from dropping the f bomb to having pretty much nudity, but not really nudity, but whatever. Um, on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, to blatant uh, cannibalism. Oh, yeah, blatant cannibalism in episode two. But, I mean, it's a Sci-Fi Channel original series. It airs on space and Canada as well, which is basically, I don't know, I feel like if it's on Sci-Fi, it's on space. If it's on space, it's on Sci-Fi. I mean, that's where Sci-Fi gets dark matter. That's where they got Continuum and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm legitimately shocked over the level of violence and swearing and gratuity and and everything else in this sh- in this show, and I am in love with it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I absolutely am. I mean, like sincerely, I I just I can't uh, I can't say enough good about it. It's like uh, I said, yeah. it's terrible, but it is well done terrible. It is not stupid, cheesy, grainy, gritty crap. No, no. It's it's high quality looking awesomeness of Grindhouse. <laughs> this is Grindhouse. Yes. This is definitely, you know, I know it's the production company is called like American Grindhouse or whatever, but Oh yeah, it's done well. I mean, you know, the first episode, like you discussed last week, which was the start of the race. We see how they end up becoming partners. We learn about how the vehicles run on blood, uh, which you know, honestly, you think they'd have some sort of better system of feeding the people <laughs> into the vehicle with all the blood that splatters out of the vehicle, right? Whatever Co- coats the whole um, engine compartment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in this week's episode, you know, they welcome to the Pixie Swallow. Or they they go to this town, and it's like a stopover. But they he even brings up the point when he says like, "Where's all the pomp and circumstance, and you know, you know everything else?" Like they had at the end of the first episode. Yep. Um, and they're basically at this at this diner, and everyone loves this diner, especially the hamburgers. It's because they're cutting up people and feeding it to them. Yep. 
because as the guy tries to stay in the end, you know, he's, he's a legitimate businessman and it's impossible to raise cattle and chickens are pretty much extinct. extinct. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to make a living somehow. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And I do love how it takes place in this, in the dystopian future of 1999. Yes. That adds yeah. so much cred to the fact that it looks like an 80s production. <laughs> yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I can't remember his name, but the, uh, the his, his partner. Yeah. The one that yeah, lost yeah. his eye. In the, the, first the guy one. with the amazingly carved upper body. Yep. Yep. I, he, I, uh, I love women, but my God, looking at this guy, I'm like, holy crap. How did he, what did he do to get in that kind of shape? We're both talking about the black guy, right? Yes, we are. Okay, good. So anyways, <laughs> he ends up with the, the, the heart company because that's what we find out, that the people running this race, the guy that is running it, he works for the heart company. The people with the contract that privatized the police is from the heart company. So it's all one big conglomerate owning all this. Yep. And this his partner is now like in this basement and they – Mind sweeped him or whatever. They erased his memory or they, you know what I mean? Well, they, well, they did that eventually. They said at the end of the episode that they were going to wipe his memory. Oh, yes, yes. At the end of the episode. Because he managed to get in touch with his partner at the payphone while yes. his partner beat the crap out of that cannibal with the payphone, which was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did some exploring and he discovered that Karma's sister is at an asylum that's owned by the Hart Corporation and, that, you know, that's that's how they lured her into the blood drive, I guess. And then right. he was like, yeah, I'll join you and work undercover, hint, hint. And they're like, sure, we're just going to wipe your brain first. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah, of course. Because they asked him, did you contact your partner? And he's like, no. And then they're like, well, actually, we know for a fact that you did. Oh, well, uh, it's not what you think. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna erase your memory, but um, no, it's it's a great show. It's a great show. It really I love it. Is. They, uh, you know, it, it turns out that the reason that there was no party going on at Pixie Swallow was because Mister Slink, the guy who was in charge of it, um, with was I right about his voice? Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Yes, <clears throat> um, he was called into the corporate offices and that was one of the like least dialogued, but funniest whole uh, stretch of scenes in yes. this episode was watching him trying to like get his meeting with the head honcho there. And the woman just kept like telling him to go sit down. And then that other guy's like, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to be working here. And the, somebody else is getting fired. And he just, just destroyed him, like smashed his well, head. Well, he assumed with the it was him. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he annihilated him with the briefcase, and it was beautiful. I loved it. Yes, the excessive beating of the briefcase to the face was quite, <laughs> quite pleasant. Yep. Next week's looks. And right great. in the middle, right in the middle of the corporate office, like that. You yeah, know, and then he's covered in blood, and then the girl comes down. Um. He was going to be the new head of maintenance, yeah. uh, but you can come into your meeting now, and they just leave it there. Yeah, the secretary never even looked at him while he was beating this poor fool to death. Like, she just kept talking on her phone. Yep. Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. Yeah. It was some, it was good stuff. Yeah, next week's looks like a great one. You know, Steel City, and there are monsters in the dark. It's like, what are those? They're eyes. And when the lights go out, you're going to see more than eyes. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> I freaking love this show. It's a guilty pleasure yeah, it does, show. It does look very, very good. So, what else did you watch this week, John? Um, the second to the last episode of the season of iZombie. Um, same pitch that I'll give again this week that I do every week. iZombie, fun show. You know, the zombies in this world are completely coherent. They can function along with normal human beings, but if they eat a brain, then they take on the memories of that person. They take on the personality of that person, and then they can have little flashes of things that have happened recently in their lives or maybe memories that are older. Usually it's recent stuff, uh, but that's how she helps to solve crimes. And there's a lot more going on to it than that because right now uh, there's an entire compound of zombies, you know, there's many, many people in Seattle that are zombies and they're trying to live their own life, but also prepare for Z-Day, which is not the day that they're going to rise up and attack, but it is the inevitable day that humans will discover that zombies are real and decide that they want to kill them all. So they're prepping, they've got their own little army, and they're just ready because they know that when that happens, they're going to be targeted and they want to be able to fight back. Which is kind of cool. I appreciate that much more than just let's train an army and then go kill humans because humans suck. And they're not out there trying to infect all humans, which they could just by scratching them. They're more like, you know what? Live and let live, but we're getting ready to defend ourselves. So this week will be the finale of this season. There's at least one more season coming, so I'm excited. So I've never watched this show. Yep. But... Um, do they age? Do they rot and fall apart or anything like that? They do not. The only thing is if they go too long, the longer they go without uh, eating brains, uh, the more feral they become. Although they refer it to, uh, they refer to it as going Romero. Like going full Romero is when you've regressed to the point where all you can do is a typical zombie thing you know, and try to attack anything that moves. And once you go full Romero, you can't come back. So... You want to try to eat brains before then. But no, so far, a couple of years have passed. They don't really age. Zombieism can be passed on sexually. Uh, so that's a concern. You know, you, you have feelings for somebody else who's human. You can't really do anything about it because you could turn them into a zombie very easily. But they can be shot and cut up and maimed and their body parts do not grow back, but they can be like spackled over and such. Okay, I was just curious because, yeah. like, in a lot of other things we see, like, for instance, like, I'm not watching it currently, I realize, but <clears throat> on The Walking Dead, essentially, yep. um, you know, they're dealing with the fact that some of the zombies that have been dead for a really, really long time are kind of rotting and falling apart. Yes. Yes, they are. And I know it's a different different genre of zombie, different class of zombie, but I was just curious. Yep. Um Honestly, like I said, you know, this is a really cool show. I've liked it since season one. Um, there have been some cheesy episodes, but it's never reached a point for me where I'm like, oh, my God, why am I watching this crap? Like I have with a lot of the other CW shows. Um, it's just it's been really enjoyable. I wish they could have done some kind of crossover with either Lucifer. It would have been perfect with Lucifer um, or, you know, any of the other DC comics. But. As it stands right now, it's still a very enjoyable show. You know, it had Steven Weber on there for a season and he was a complete douchebag and did it so well. Um, it's got good storylines. It's got good character development. And, uh, yeah, I really like it. If anybody out there is looking for a good binge worthy show, I'm serious. Pick up High Zombie. It's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I watched, uh, 
I think we only have one show that we both watched to talk about, actually. Uh, but anyways, I watched uh, the season finale of Fargo. Oh, yeah. And I got to be honest, uh, definitely my least favorite season of this show that they've done. I had read that from a few different news yeah. outlets. I didn't go too deep, but that seemed to be the consensus. And really, I mean, like, even a coworker of mine, well, you know, Brenda, she also watches it. And even she was just like, yeah, this is her least favorite season. No. Uh, essentially, go ahead. I was going to say, is that to say that it was a terrible season or just that it was not as enjoyable as, as the other two? Um, it just wasn't as, I mean, if you're comparing the three seasons to each other or individually or whatever, this would be the one that I would, I, I enjoyed the absolute least. Gotcha. Um, it wasn't bad or anything like that. It's just like, eh, it didn't have that special, that special something that, uh, that the others had. You know what I mean? Yep. It seemed like it was going to in the beginning. It really did kind of start out really positive, but it's just the way it ended up. I mean, like, all right, so, oh, where are we? Sorry. So the, the star of the show, the cop that we keep saying is, is a Gloria uh, Burgle or Burgle or whatever. And, and this, this episode ends, opens up with she's putting in her resignation. Um, but then this IRS agent who we met early in the season is researching Stussy and um, all the other bad guys. Because essentially what's happened this season is you have this Emmett Stussy owns some car lots and he borrows money from the wrong people and then those people uh, basically force the way into their business. Force it name, The guy's name is Goldfarb and he's a British fellow. He forces his way into, into his business. He makes him... Um, Sorry, not Goldfarb, Varga. His name is Varga. He makes him uh, do things. He makes him take out loans, like $300 million in loans that he secures through his name, through his company. And then he sells the company off. And now Stussy's stuck with the personal debt and on and on and on. So basically he comes in, takes over this company, um, launders all kinds of money or embezzles all kinds of money from it. But it all looks like it's this other guy's fault and he's stuck with it. And then he leaves him high and dry and he takes off. And in the interim, if a bunch of people get killed or hurt or if someone gets in his way and he has to kill them for the, for, for it, then he just, then yeah, that's, that's, that's fine with him. Okay. So Stussy had sent this IRS man person, uh, all the documentation to basically so he can go through it, research it, because what happened was <laughs> his twin brother took $10,000 out of the bank. He went in dressed as his brother, pretend to be him, who drew $10,000, which will generate, you know what I mean? If you, if you take out more than $9,999, a notice is sent to the IRS about it. Uh, that's in real life. Yes. Um, so that's what happened. So that's what brought the IRS into it in an earlier episode. And then he kind of got scared away by Varga because Varga is very good at talking people down or talking down to people more so, I guess. And, and, just intimidating and bullying them with his words. He's a smooth talker. Anyhow, um, so now this IRS agent is back. He contacts Gloria because Stussy left her card in there. And essentially, it comes down to 
uh, Stussy signs the company over begrudgingly. He tries to escape, but they beat him up and then leave him kind of unconscious in his house. Uh, Varga then ends up, uh, he's being blackmailed by Nikki, who was Emmett's, sorry, Ray's girlfriend from earlier. You know, she and Mr. Wrench have been tied together. Right. Anyway, so Nikki basically and Mr. Wrench basically blackmail Varga because she wants him dead. And they set him up so that when they go to this warehouse to do this money drop and she's going to give him over the hard drive information, they're basically there to kill him, kill them. And they – he gets away but they end up killing all his men and they get the money. And she gives the money to Mr. Wrench, says, this is yours. I'm going to go find – Stussy because I'm going to kill him. And she takes off after him looking for him. And while she's driving there, she sees him pulled off on the side of the road. Um, so she pulls him behind him. She gets her shotgun. She's going to kill him. A police officer shows up. And, yeah. State trooper and, and Nikki had kind of get up in a quick lead, shoot each other once. And she kills the cop. The cop kills her. And then Stussy gets away and I was very pissed off that they killed Nikki because I don't know I kind of liked her as a character and I kind of want to see her get a revenge but she doesn't because Emmett gets away Emmett Stussy gets away and he goes back to his wife's house and what we see is he breaks down into her and cries and begs her for forgiveness and she's cool with it and then they go five years later what yeah yeah don't so do it's, that. it's like, oh, five years later, and it's like Thanksgiving or something. And they're all at the house together, and Emmett's there with his with his wife and his kids, and then his business partner, Jason Priestley's character, who had been um, poisoned by Varga but didn't die. He was just in a coma for a long time. He's awake now, apparently, and he's alive, and everyone's good and happy and this and that. And I'm just like, this is stupid. Like, it just annoyed me. You know what I mean? Because Nikki doesn't get a revenge at all. So wait, so it's five years later and we just get to see that they lived happily ever after. I was expecting you to say like they're all sitting oh, there oh. eating a meal. Oh, no, no. It's not done. Don't worry. Okay, good. I'm, I'm waiting yeah, yeah, for the yeah. good part here because otherwise oh, no, I'd be mad. No, no, that's not coming. Okay. But like basically it's like five years has gone by. Nikki's dead. She doesn't get her revenge. Emmett essentially for the last five years lives a very happy, pleasant life. And Varga got away is what we know. And Emmett goes to the refrigerator to get some sort of dessert they forgot to the table. And then we see Mr. Wrench standing behind him and he shoots him in the head. And it's like, all right, so Emmett got killed by Mr. Wrench. So he did it for her essentially. But it took him five years to do it. And she still doesn't know. So that's unsatisfying. Hmm. Now we fast forward to Gloria, who looks completely different as a person. She works for Homeland Security now. She's, you know, she was the sheriff and then the deputy, whatever. Right. She works for Homeland Security. Her hair's different. She looks different, this and that. And she's walking down this hallway and she's like, You got him? Yeah. His passport said Daniel Rand. And they were like, Okay. What? And, yeah. Yeah. That's what his passport said. Okay. And, but. He, but he's in a holding cell. She's like, all right, uh, I'm going to go check him out. So she goes in and sits down, and it's Varga. And they basically have a conversation 
where she basically says, do you know who this person is? Do you know who this person is? Da, 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 da. Varga does one of his normal speeches of why I'm better than you, why this isn't going to work, why you're not going to arrest me, and how talking to you is a waste of my time, a waste of our breath. And she's like, yeah, well, in five minutes – she no. She says, "Well, in a few minutes, a uh, three uh, agents are going to come in here, and you're going to be placed under arrest and charged for money laundering and six counts of conspiracy to commit murder." And Varga asserts, "No, in five minutes, your supervisor is going to come in and tell me that I'm free to go, and there's nothing you can do about it." And then they just sit there and stare at each other, and then you see Gloria, and they keep showing the clock, and the clock's counting down the minutes, and then they fucking fade to black. Really. Roll credits. Yep. Come on. Yeah, the season was very unsatisfying. Wow. Very unsatisfying. The the you know the, the it just yeah it wasn't it just wasn't as good. Definitely wasn't as good. Season one has been the best so far. Season two was very good in its own way. Season three had some good moments, but for the most part, wasn't a good season. I doubt I'd ever rewatch it, other than the first episode to watch. Uh, to watch Nikki, who's played by was it Mary Stuart Masterson? Is that her uh, name? Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Weinstead. Sorry, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. I, to see her step up out of the tub and see her naked butt. Otherwise, I don't think I'd have any reason <laughs> to watch it. And you can always just look that one up online. I mean, I'm sure Pretty much, somebody yeah. capped that yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I could. I mean, Ewan McGregor was great playing the twin brothers because he played two different type characters, which was that was cool. Good for him, you know. Yeah, uh, they both got killed in the show, <laughs> so that's funny. Right. Um, but yeah, the guy that played uh, the guy that played Varga, uh, David Thewes. Okay. The, the Wills. I know if you saw him. You would recognize him because he was just in something else recently. I can't remember if it was a TV show or a movie. Oh, he was in Wonder Woman. He was Ares in Wonder Woman. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you, you mean um, uh, Lupin? Sorry, yeah. you didn't watch the uh, Harry Potter movies. He was Professor Lupin in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, no, I didn't watch Harry Potter. But yeah, he, he was he was, uh, he was was Ares in Wonder Woman. Like I just saw him gotcha. in something recently. I can't remember now. But yeah, <laughs> he was Ares in Wonder Woman. Nice. So, but anyhow, it was depressing. The way it ended. I was no annoyed. Doubt. Yeah. Well, I, I thought for a second there, I was like trying to wrap my brain around it because you said that his passport said Daniel Rand. And I'm like, are they really pulling an Iron Fist crossover out of this? Uh, no, but isn't that – that is kind of funny that they did it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Rand. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Is this going to be a – nope, apparently not. It's just going to be terrible. It was terrible. It really was terrible. Yeah. Would you? What else did you watch? Uh, well, I, I wanted to touch real quickly. I know you didn't watch Dark Matter this week, but and we'll probably get into it next week when you watch it. But I got to say, this week's episode did something really right. It was a time loop episode. You know, one of those like Mystery Spot or Groundhog Day or whatever. Oh, I love time loops. Here's- My favorite one, I think, is the Mystery Spot. Yes. Followed by the Stargate. SG-1 yes. episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, here's what they did right. From the moment you start, it's been going on for a long time. So we didn't see the origin of the time loop. We didn't see the okay. first day that he woke up. Like, three is the only one that's having it. So, of course, it would be the curmudgeon, you know, the, the asshole. And 
he like walks out and he's just like, no, check behind your dresser. And she's like, what? And he's like, I didn't take your holster. Check behind your dresser. How did you know that? And he's like, I've lived this day many, many times already. It's been like so many times. So they kick you right into the action because we've all seen time loop episodes. We all know how they work. We don't need to see the origin story again. So I was really happy about that. So we got to actually dig into the middle part, which is what we all like, you know, the meat and potatoes of the time loop. So, yep. yeah, and it was really well done because it, it wasn't just a simple thing. Again, I'm not going to divulge everything, but it was not just a simple thing. It was really complex, and they had to, like, come up with a very elaborate plan, which was really cool. So, yeah, it, it was a good episode. Um, that's cool. I look forward to watching that. Yeah. It was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the only other two things that I watched for TV this week, I, I watched a couple of trailers, I got some news, and I watched a movie again, um, was uh, the one show that we always talk about together. Yep. And then I watched Glow. I watched all ten episodes of Glow. As did I. Be- oh, okay. Because I didn't realize Fantastic. that they were half an hour long. Yes, each. they're like 30 minutes, yes. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this will be easy. So I pop- I popped in a game, and I popped that on the background and blew through it in an afternoon. Yeah, I watched all t- Oh, good, because I wanted to talk about that, and I figured I'd be talking about that alone. Nope. Nope, you will not. So, so go right ahead. Well, I'm, 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 can I, I'm, I'll open up. Yeah. Those who don't know, uh, Glow. <laughs> Those who don't know Glow. For those who don't know, uh, in the mid-80s, there was a syndicated women's professional wrestling program uh, founded by David McClain called The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, or GLOW. And GLOW's still around today. If you go online, they actually, they had a GLOW cruise again this year. Like, the wrestlers, do they do a, like, you know, they they have a themed cruise with the girl wrestlers from GLOW for fans that want to go and... I don't think they have matches, but there's just, you know, kind of a like a convention on a cruise ship type of thing. Okay. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, I mean, uh, this, the original Glow Wrestling show went on for, I think it was four or five seasons from like 1986 to 1990. And essentially, this TV series, Glow TV series on Netflix is based on that. It's based on how that kind of got off the ground, how they found the wrestlers. You know, they literally did a casting call for women who, and then trained them to be wrestlers. And, uh, the person that actually trained them was Chavo Guerrero Sr., which I think at the end of episode six, there's a dedicated to Chavo Guerrero. Yes. Yep. Yes. I remember seeing that. Um, yeah. And, and that's, he actually trained the girls, uh, in the original Glow. Um, series. And as another kind of thing, Glow didn't have a championship belt initially. It had a crown. Ah, so that part was accurate. Yeah, it, it was. And a lot of the characters on the TV show, like for instance, um, uh, Machu Picchu. Yep. Uh, her look, style, outfit, attire was Mount was a, a woman, a woman on the show on the original series, went by uh, Mount Fuji. Okay. So and like there was no Zoya Destroyer, there was no Liberty Bell, there was no Junk Chain, but they were based on actual um, 
glow wrestlers. They had there was a, a Russian communist Russian girl. There was the all American girl. There was the, uh, the 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 gangbanger chick. There was you know what I mean. Like a lot of the characters, uh, they had different names on this show here, but they were based on the actual wrestlers from Glow. You know, um, so that was kind of neat. Um, if you watch all 10 episodes, you'll notice if you're a wrestling fan that there are several professional wrestlers that made cameos in the show. Like John Morrison was the first episode. He was uh, Salty Jack Johnson. Sorry, Salty the Sack Johnson. He was their trainer in like the first episode. Gotcha. Uh, Brodus Clay and Carlito were uh, uh, Machu Picchu's brothers, the okay. ones that helped him train in the backyard and everything. Yep. When they went to when when uh, when Liberty Bell there, when Debbie and Machu and uh, Melrose, they all went to the wrestling matches that night. Uh, uh, Alex Riley played uh, Mr. Monopoly. Sorry, Alex Riley played um, Steel Horse. And Joey Ryan was Mr. Monopoly. They're, they're the ones that wrestled each other. Okay. Two other wrestlers on the show that wrestled early that evening were Frankie, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. They had like that opening match when they first got there, which incidentally, I just saw both of them wrestling this past Friday night at Ring of Honor's uh, Best in the World pay-per-view. And um, Brooke Hogan, Hulk Hogan's daughter, was the uh, the club manager, the nightclub manager that was showing them the place, the, the venue they tried to rent and then they couldn't get. Ah, the one that that was actually I that thought was she Brooke looked a Hogan. little familiar. Yeah, that was Brooke Hogan in there. So, um, yeah, I mean, like it, it's 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 there's a lot of cool things like that as being a wrestling fan, like I am to see kind of like oh, I know that person, I know that person. Um, and you know, I can't recommend this enough, and I'm pretty sure you can watch it free online on YouTube right now, and I think it might even be on Netflix again. Still, there is a documentary called "Glow: The Story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling" that came out in 2012. And if you watch that documentary, uh, even either before or after watching this Glow the T- Glow TV series, you'll see lots of oh, okay, all right, all right. I see the nod there. I see how they went with this here. I see how they went with this here. So yeah, I mean, it's they, they did a really good job on this. I think. As far as kind of telling the story of what really happened with this in dramatic license, obviously. I was, yeah, I was thinking that that was part of it, that, you know, they obviously changed a few things. I am not that big of a wrestling fan as you are, yeah. so I did not pick up on all that. The one thing that I noticed for this show, and maybe this is just me being an outsider, I thought that the focus of these 10 episodes was much more on the character development and the drama than the wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. the wrestling was minimal. Compared yes. to everything else going on in there. And not that that was a bad thing. I don't know your thoughts because, you know, you were kind of going into this for the wrestling as well as the story. But I know that for me, I I still enjoyed the show. Yeah. I didn't say, you know, well, this well, is supposed to be a wrestling show, so where's all the wrestling? This is the third television series I can think of that's based on wrestling. Uh, fictional series that's not, you know, the first was a show, a Canadian show in the, in the mid to late 80s called Learning the Ropes. Uh, and then the second was Nikki with uh, Nikki Cox. Remember mm-hmm. that? That was yep. two seasons. Her and her husband Dwight. Anyways, um, and all those folk had wrestling as a focus, but it wasn't the primary focus either. Uh, and this one, actually, the wrestling I thought was treated kind of the best, especially for that mid eighties time frame where, you know, 
Um, it did show them training. It did show them learning the moves. It did show like a lot of the winks and nods, like they're talking to each other or they're checking on each other or like, are you ready to go? And as a wrestling fan, I can say a lot of that's exaggerated because you don't put someone in a, uh, you don't stand on the second rope and look back and the girl nods like, I'm ready. Like that, that doesn't happen. Or you don't get into the suplex position and go like, you ready for this? I'm ready for this because like, it would be clear that they're talking to each other because they're just kind of standing there. Right. You know what I mean? So things like that, I was like, oh, whatever. Some but, of it um, I thought they did well. Like, you know, when the ref would get down in the corner and he'd be like, hey. Yes, they'd be like, honey, I'm so brilliant. excited for you. You know, we're going to go out yes. and we're going to celebrate. Now get up. Get out of the corner. Yes, like the one where the referee came in and he's giving her crap, but he's saying like, this is excellent. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have all that. no idea what's happening next. Do you? Yes. Okay, yeah. then go for it. Yeah, I, I, I thought all that was great. I was I was really into that actually. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's a good – it was – I thought the show over the 10 episodes told a great story. I thought it built characters that you'd want to see. And this obviously is catering to not just wrestling fan. It wants to cater to drama fans who, hey, this this is you know, this has a wrestling premise surrounding it. Yep. And I thought uh, I thought Mark Marin was awesome on this yeah. show. Yep. As Sam Sylvia, <laughs> he was fantastic. I mean you, you you wanted to love him, you wanted to hate him, you wanted to love him again. I mean, like, he did a great job, and I loved how he talked to the girls. I loved how he talked to people. Um, I think my favorite, one of my favorite lines was, I wouldn't have tried to fuck you if I would have known you were my daughter. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, the mom walks in, and she's like, uh, how do you want your coffee? <laughs> um, but no, I thought, I thought uh, Mark Maron was pretty awesome in this. Yes. You know another group of people that I think this show would appeal to are women, honestly. Yeah. Oh Be- yeah, because there was a strong feminist vibe to this, and it, it you know there were times too when they'd get knocked down because uh, when they were trying to come up with their gimmicks, you know, and they were like, "Oh, this is what we're going to be," and the guys are like, "No, no, you're yeah. going to be welfare queen." You know, because you're a big black woman and that's what people are going to see. And I'm telling you, it may be a stereotype, but, you know, that's just how it is. You know, you're going to be fortune cookie. She's like, yes. I'm Cambodian. And they're like, nope, doesn't matter. You know, and you're going to be, uh, what was she, the the Tehran bomber or something? The Beirut. Beirut bomber. Yeah. And, no, she was just, no, her, her name ended up being just Beirut. Like, oh, okay. The word Beirut, but, two, but, you know, two words or whatever. Like a first and a last name, if you will. Yep. But yeah, he did say initially, yeah, Beirut the Mad Bomber. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they, they basically squashed all of them and said, you know, this is how it's going to be. But, you know, these women formed a bond and they formed a sisterhood and they looked out yep. for each other and they took care of each other. And, you know, they really, they embodied teamwork because they knew that it wouldn't succeed unless they all worked together, you know, yep. even though they had the drama going on backstage and even with Debbie there and her little bitch session there where she kept going through people and being like, no, I need a better heel. No, I need a better heel, but it can't be her. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. Well that, that, yeah, that's the drama. Yeah. Even that aside though, I mean, they, yeah. they all had their own crap going on and they all had their own lives and, you know, you didn't want to love any one of them, but you also kind of love them all as a whole. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the only person on the show that I was aware of who was on the cast that was actually a wrestler was Kia Stevens, a.k.a. Awesome Kong, who played the Welfare Queen. 
Oh? Yeah. She's an actual wrestler. I mean, she's been wrestling. She's been wrestling for years. On the independent scene, she lived in the dojos in Japan over there with women's wrestling. She was in TNA. She was in WWE as Karma. Um, hasn't really been seen the last couple of years. Kind of been on the uh, – uh, she had a – got pregnant, had a miscarriage, kind of took some time off, was getting back into it, and then she made it on this show. But, yeah, she was the only one that was actually a wrestler that I was aware of that was in the cast gotcha. of the girls. Yeah. I wanted to add that in there because I forgot earlier. Um, <coughs> I, fun since we're throwing out trivia facts here, I don't obviously have any wrestling ones, but Allison Bree had done a uh, interview before this came out. She'd done a number of interviews and red carpet events and stuff like that. She's really been promoting the hell out of this. And yep. um, she did one interview and they were talking about it and she got very candid and she said, I think that my fans are going to be very disappointed when they see me in this movie or in this show. And they were like, well, what do you mean by that? She goes, well, I'm finally showing my breasts for the first time, but I think people are going to be disappointed because I had to do so much work to get down to a, the body size that I was going to be in this show that I lost a lot of weight and my boobs got smaller. And she's not entirely wrong. Yeah, you know? I remember at different times seeing her on the show, just being like, God, she is so skinny and small. and She almost looked sickly at times, didn't she? Yes, she did. Like, she really, really did. <laughs> like, I was talking to a female friend of mine, and she said that, you know, it's probably that she lost too much weight too fast. Yeah. And it doesn't look like she replaced much of it with muscle. I mean, she had a nope. little bit of tone to her, but she definitely was not like a fit person in this. She looked nope, like, not at all. She looked like a skinny, almost sickly eighties woman, you know, with that poofy hair. And which I, I don't see why, I don't know if she did that because she's the starving actress or some shit or, I don't know. I don't, cause I thought, you know, her and her body size that she had on, um, Community, I didn't, I didn't think that was an issue. No. Like, yeah. I, I think she was probably trying to get a little bit more in shape so that she could do some of the more athletic things. Yeah. But it doesn't look like she really got, like, muscular. Like, Betty Gilpin, who played Debbie, if you look at her in the other roles that she's played, like Nurse Jackie and stuff like that, she looks pretty much the same as she does here. Like, I didn't see a big change here. But Allison yeah. Brie, like, there were times when legitimately I'd look up at the screen and I'd think that I was looking at Kristen Wiig rather than Allison Brie. Like, One of the th- yeah. It was just disturbing. Yeah, you know, and I didn't realize, like, I just remember watching the show and being like, man, she's really lost a lot of weight, kind of looks bad, but whatever. Mm-hmm. She still looks good, but um, now hearing that, it's just kind of like, eh, it's kind of depressing a little bit, but okay. Um, one of the things that I didn't care for, no, sorry, let me rephrase that. Uh, one of the things on the show that I did care for uh, was because this was set in 1980s, they were just going with basic like 1980s wrestling program stuff. Like, yep. um, like you're gonna wrestle this person, and here's your story. It was all basic storylines. Like that's like, oh well, communism. That's all that matters. You're a communist. You're American. Boom. That's it. Yep. Exactly. You know, I, I, I I like I liked how they did like all the basic storytelling with all the basic style of the matches or whatever. You know, I mean, I I, I enjoyed that. Um. I enjoyed the part where I'm uh, spoiler cover your ears for 30 seconds, but where at the end after Debbie's won the crown and then he sends welfare queen in to beat her for the crown. <laughs> and it took like one hit. 
Exactly. And then, like, Debbie's pissed off. She's like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. And she's all grumpy. She comes out to say to, you know, to Sam, Mark Maron's character, the director's like, what did you do that for? What? You say now that I just got to, now, now I have to uh, go after her and to, to earn my title shot back and chase her for the title, basically, is what she says. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's how wrestling works. <laughs> when you have a yeah. heel champ, it's it's always more entertaining, and you make more money when you have a heel champion and the baby faces chasing them for the belt. Because once they finally win the belt, you get that big pop, you get that big payoff, and the fans love it. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to do a second season, but I feel the way they ended it, it's okay. Yep. If they don't. You know what I mean? Like, they could definitely do another season if they wanted to, but if this is the only season we get, then they ended it in a good way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that they could do a second season, but you're right. Like, basically, this show was the setup to explain what happened. You know, it, it was almost like a mockumentary. Not really. Like, like not yeah. a documentary, but kind of a telling of the story, and now they yep. can move on. But yeah, I I could see a second season. I mean, I thought I thought I enjoyed like they took their time. I mean, it, for thirty minute episodes is what they were basically for these ten episodes. They did a really good job with character development. Yes, I agree. Uh, not all of them, you know. Some of them were a little bit less than others, you know. Like Fortune Cookie, we didn't get a lot on her. We got little bits here and there. Yeah. Um, but you know, there were definitely some characters that they focused more on. Uh, yep. Debbie and Ruth and, uh, Cherry. Yep. Cherry. Uh, Sheila. I, I just want to call her Britannica, but you yeah. know. Right. Sheila, uh, Carmen there, Machu Picchu, um, Sheila, she wolf. Yep. Yeah. There was definitely some, they focused on more than others, but even like, um, the uh, the two girls there, Stacy, Ethel, <laughs> the, the old ladies, <laughs> Ethel and Edna Rosenblatt, or whatever. Even them, I mean, like we didn't get a whole lot of them, but we still we still got them. Yes, and you know they were great when they came out as the KKK. <laughs> like, oh my! Gosh. We didn't get much of them, but we got them as the KKK members. And, that was crazy, and I know it was horribly inconsiderate, but my God, the the. Black girls really won over the crowd on that one because they came out and kicked the KKK's ass. Yeah. And then we got them as the prank callers, you know, yeah. sitting in the hotel room and the stupid prank calls. I like the fact that a lot of the drama that we got out of the yeah. ring, you know, that was going on with all the characters and stuff. If you look at it, all of that was reflected in or it could be reflected in wrestling storylines. You know, the long lost child, um, the feuding best friends, you know, who used to be best friends and then something tore them apart. You know, mm -hmm. usually it's the two guys who a woman tore them apart. Now it's the opposite two women who a guy tore them apart. Yep. These are all wrestling tropes, you know, for storylines between the wrestlers and they were being acted out in th these people's quote unquote real lives, which yes. is kind of a neat way to do it. No, uh, another thing is like you had the girl that played Vicky the Viking, who in quote unquote real life, she was an Olympic gold medalist, but she had no personality. And so they gave her real life story to, you know, Debbie and made her Liberty Bell. Right. And this is who you're going to be. And she's like, but these are my actual gold medals. Yeah, but you got no personality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That happens. And then she got um, mad. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, she did, and she beat the crap out of Debbie for a little while during their tryout. When Debbie was like, "Nope, that heel's not going to work." Um, I do want to add this that we were, we were ta- I was just talking about the uh, the, the beat down biddies there, the old ladies. <laughs> yep. Um, they, those were actually um, they're they're based on a, a team of real glow wrestlers called the Housewives, okay. who were, had the same gimmick, same personas, same everything. So I just thought it was funny. Nice. Um, yeah. Anyhow. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we want to give away every little, every little thing from every little episode, but I mean, there was some great comedy in there. Um, I loved the music that they had in the opening credits, how it varied. Dude. Uh, the soundtrack for this whole thing pretty much was awesome. Thank you. This yeah. was one of the best soundtracks that I've heard on a show in a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was 80s hair rock. Like, they even had oh, Dare yeah. by Stan oh, Bush. That was awesome. Oh, I mean, that to, was to the awesome. wrestling training montage. That was, that was, it, was, it was done to a training montage. Oh, God. It, it was everything <laughs> right there. Like, I was glued to the TV. I'm like, this is fucking great. And, of course, I'm, like, yeah. quoting Transformers the movie as I'm listening to the song play. Oh, same here. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the, the the soundtrack on this on this show for the opening credits, the closing credits, because they use different songs sometimes. Yep. Just and then even just the opening, like the um, the opening graphics with the glow logo and everything, I yep. thought was cool. Uh, I love the fact that they had a birthday party at a roller rink. Yes. An and old school quad skate roller rink. I'm like, that's Happy Wheels. I remember going to Happy Wheels. And tell me, when you saw that, you didn't think, God, I wonder if there's one of those around here somewhere. There is the Rollerdrome in Auburn, and there's one down in Portland because I'm already thinking, like, I got to take my kids there this summer. No doubt. I got to take my kids to the roller rink so they can at least experience going to a roller rink once. God, I haven't been to a roller rink in 20-something years for me at least. 30 for me. I mean, I remember when we went to Libby Tozier, which was the school I went through to eighth grade. Yeah. I think in I think eighth grade was the last year I went to the roller rinks. I was like ninety three, so twenty five years ago, and it was just an eighth grade class trip to the roller rink. Not eighth grade class trip. We used to do phys ed field trips. We'd go to Lucky Strike Lanes and Gardner for Candlepin Bowling, and we'd go to Happy Wheels in Augusta for the to go uh, roller skating. Phys ed field trips. No one else had phys ed field trips that I'm aware of. I've never heard of a phys ed field trip. We had phys ed field trips. We went bowling and we went to the roller rink. But when I started at Augusta Police in 2001, Happy Wheels was still open in Augusta. And I remember on Friday and Saturday nights, like in 2002-ish, might even been early 2003, they would pay to, uh, detail to have a police officer there because it was, it was getting so rowdy <laughs> with, some, with the teenagers and whatnot there and whatnot and everything. So – those teenagers and whatnot. Shakes fist. Anyways. Um, but yeah, there was just so much awesomeness about this. Like there really was. It really, it was a great show. It was, yeah. it was definitely not what I expected. I expected that it was going to be like wrestling all the time. Uh, yeah, no, but it was much more about character development and building up these people. Um, it was not yeah. like, I still believe that as far as like half hour Netflix shows go, Santa Clarita Diet is top of my list every time. But this one was a very yes. good show. I really enjoyed it. Yes, I, I wasn't sure how long they were going to do, but I thought like the 27 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I thought that was a perfect length. See, 
I, I booted it on Monday. Like I said, it was like Saturday yep. or Sunday. And I was like, all right, I'll put this on, you know, kind of put it on the background. I was like, let me see. Oh, there's 10 episodes. Well, that won't take too long. You know, I can do a couple here, a couple there. And then I'm watching it and, you know, playing my game, watching it, playing my game. And then all of a sudden I hear the end theme music and I'm like, what? And I hit pause and I'm like, 27 minutes. Christ, I'm yep. going to be done this this afternoon. And I was. I think, I think the finale was 35 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I watched the first episode Friday morning when I got home from work before going to bed because I had to watch it. Yep. And because I heard you saw Alice and Breeze and boobies. And so I was like, <laughs> I, I got to watch that before I go to bed. Right. And so I watched the first episode. And then episode. did you go, oh, like I did? Yeah. So then I watched the first episode and then I went to a wrestling that night, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view in LOL. And then Saturday after I went to bed, I started watching it. So I actually, I watched episodes two through eight Saturday night and then I watched nine and 10 Sunday night. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, the show dropped on Friday and, and, and I mean, it's five hours basically of your life is that show and it's, it's five hours well spent. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be all at once like it was with me, uh, but, yeah. you know, it was definitely enjoyable. I had a good time. I liked yep. the themes. I liked the characters. It was a very dirty show because it took place in the 80s, and I mean, oh, yeah. everybody was smoking and doing massive amounts of drugs. And Oh, God. And crack. Especially crack. Dude, no. <laughs> the hairstyles oh, and yeah. the clothes and the makeup. I mean, these were not attractive people. Like, no. there's not much about – you see these people all the time nowadays who are like, oh, we're having an 80s party. And I just want to say why. This was not an attractive time of life. This was a very unattractive time. I don't know. I still like the fact they had VHS tapes and that they had the old console TVs and the VCRs. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, why they, where'd they get all these awesome little old VCRs? Yep. And uh, – The robot. I love the, the robot. robot. Oh god, the robot. Yeah, and all the girls wearing high waisted pants. Yep. <laughs> you know, just and then Britannica's the walking around with an encyclopedia, and I'm like, why is she? Oh wait, it's the 80s. That was still a thing. Yeah, exactly. There I'm was Britannica. No oh, after because you're British. No, after the encyclopedia, because I'm really smart. <laughs> nice, nice. Ah, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Yep. Good stuff. Um. Did you watch any other shows? I did not. Did you watch any movies? Uh, I I won't get into much detail, but I watched Wonder Woman again. And I got to say, it holds up the second time. It was just as good, if not better, the second time. Because I went with two people who had never seen it. And, oh, nice. And they both were – like, I was afraid I had oversold it because, you know, you and I talked about it on the podcast. And one of the people was like, I listen to the podcast. It makes me want to see it that much more. Um, you know, and I had been telling both of them, it's so fucking amazing. It's a, it's so good. It's one of the best movies I've seen in a while, blah, blah, blah. But I was afraid that I was falling into that whole overselling thing. You know, that's happened with you. It's happened with me. You know, we oversell things to each other and then you go and watch it and you're like, ah, it's just not as good as they made it out to be. Or, you know, it just, it can't live up to the hype. But nope. In this case, both of them walked out of there saying, that is one of the best movies I've ever seen. So I felt good about that. Nice. What about you? I, uh, well, Johnny and I, he came over last, uh, last Tuesday we watched uh, Blood Drive. And <laughs> Did he like it? He, oh, he loved it. Yeah, he loved it. He thought it was pretty fantastic. He's like, I'm going to be watching this, that's for sure. And then he's like, here, I brought a movie with me. We should watch it. And I was like, all right, what's it called? He goes, it's called Videodrome. I'm like, oh, I've never no. heard of it. 
Yeah. No. And he goes, yeah, it's a David Cronenberg movie. I'm like, all right, let's check it out. And so it's a night, it came out in 1983. And when the opening credits, it's about an hour and a half. When the opening credits are rolling, I'm going like, this is clearly an 80s movie. Cause like, when did it come out? I was like, oh, I don't know. Cause I'd never seen it before. Uh, stars James Wood, Debbie Harry. Yes, Debbie Harry from Blondie. <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to describe what this movie is. And I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble without reading the entire description on, on, uh, Wikipedia. How about just say James Wood's junk? So the uh, IMDb description says a sleazy cable TV programmer begins to see his life and the future of media spin out of control in a very unusual fashion when he acquires a new kind of programming for his station. That's kind of accurate, but doesn't really explain just how screwed up this movie gets. Um, another, this person here, someone wrote this, some guy from the UK writes. Max Ren runs a TV channel, and when looking for new material to show, he discovers Videodrome. His girlfriend, Nikki Brand, goes to audition for the show, and Matt gets drawn into the underlying plot that uses the show as its front for global conspiracy. That's a little bit more, I guess. Okay. Um, essentially, this is what it is. Uh, James Woods owns a UHF channel in, in, in Canada, Channel 83. He's got a buddy of his. This is back in the 80s when, like... Right. You could grab a signal out of the sky with a satellite dish, and, and, and if you knew what you were doing, you could uh, unscramble the signal and basically pirate the stuff. And this guy, uh, James Wood, he had a, someone working for him who would do this and pull these shows out and descramble them and from other countries or whatever it was, and he would get the stuff to air on his UHF channel. And one of the things he pulls is basically like it's a it's a video of this room and this these people in the room and it basically it looks like a snuff film. But he thinks it's fake, that it's all like, you know, actors and actresses and everything. And something happens to people who start watching it. Um that's not positive. James Wood's girlfriend played by Blondie there, uh Debbie Harry. Uh she is um Sadomasochist, I, I can't think of the word. Sadomasochist? Yeah, there we go. Uh, she, she likes rough sex and likes burning herself and likes, yeah, so that's like right up her alley. And so she wants to go find the show and audition for it, quote fingers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really kind of screwed up. And then, like, the first half, it's like a psychological thriller. And then at some point, you're, you're like, oh no, wait, I'm watching like a, like a sci-fi odd type movie. Like this is not a psychological thriller. I mean, I guess it is. And now there's a big sci-fi element to it and some really kind of cheesy eighties special effects and some pretty cool practical effects actually like, well, they did a good job on that. Um, it's a bunch of schlock. Okay. I enjoyed it though. Like I enjoyed it for what it was was not a five-star masterpiece by any means, but I enjoyed no. it for what it was. No, it was not. Uh, based on your reaction, like you have seen this, but it sounds like it's been a while. It's been quite a while, um, and I remember my experience with it not being an overly positive one. It was not terrible, but I remember thinking, why did I watch this? Yeah. Oh, here's a good description of it. 
It follows the CEO of a small UHF television station who stumbles upon a broadcast signal featuring extreme violence and torture. The layers of deception and mind control conspiracy unfold as he uncovers the signal source, loses touch with reality in a series of increasingly bizarre and violent organic hallucinations. The film has been described as being techno-surrealist. So, yeah, that's actually a pretty good description of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I uh I wouldn't run out and watch it again by any means, but um yeah, good, yeah, <laughs> good that you wouldn't go watch it again. I would not run out and watch it again, but uh, I don't know, wasn't wasn't uh, too bad. wasn't okay. uh, wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Okay, no, there have been much worse. Oh yeah, much yeah. worse. Well, I mean, David Cronenberg. It's not like he's he's bad or anything, you know. I mean, he did Scanners. He's He's he did the dead zone. Taste. He did the fly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's done some. He's done some good stuff. His movies are talk worthy. Like they're the yeah. type of thing that you can definitely talk about afterwards. Not always good. Not always bad. Yeah. But there, there's something to talk about there. I, w- I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, he did do a history of violence as well. Sorry, that was the one that in Eastern Promises, you know, with Viggo Mortensen. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so before we talk about Doctor Who, yep, I want to touch real brace on a trailer that I watched. Okay, it's called The Foreigner. Okay, it stars uh, Jackie Chan and Pierce Bronson, and it is a English language action thriller flick um, based upon a novel called The Chinaman. And basically, uh, what it is is Jackie Chan owns a restaurant. And he goes on a mission of revenge after his daughter is killed in a bombing by Irish terrorists. Okay. And uh, the trailer looks very, very, very badass and awesome. Okay. And it's Jackie Chan doing what Jackie Chan can do, kicking a lot of ass, doing a lot of fighting. And um, it just – it does – it just looks really, really good to me. And when you consider the fact that Jackie Chan is 63 years old, it's <laughs> even that more impressive. Right. Um, I mean, he's still done some movies lately, but he hasn't had a leading role like this with as much action and everything in a long time. So it comes out this October. So if, if it's in a theater near me, I'm definitely going to go watch it because I'm a big Jackie Chan fan. And, um, oh, it's it's directed by the guy that did Casino Royale. Oh, okay. That's kind of yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a guy that you know can, 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 yeah, direct action, I guess. So. Oh, I wanted to step back for just a second. Stepping back. Inglo, Allison Brie playing Ruth. Yes. Did you find that there were a number of times, especially when she was like trying to come up with her characters, as it were, you know, oh, this is what my character will be. This is what, did you find that she was like, it was reminding you a lot of when she played Annie Edison on Community? Yes. Like yes. really, really much so. Yes, especially some of her elaborate stories. Yes. Yeah, they were almost as ridiculous and over the top as um, Annie's would be. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it was definitely a – what am I trying to say here? Like it, it was like a uh, – oh, well, that's Annie again. You know, that's – Yes. Yes. But she wasn't as whiny in this. Correct. You know, she had some. She she hurt her friend in a very bad way and was trying to spend 
oh, she's bending over backwards to try to make up for it or stay out of her way or whatever. And, and, uh, I mean, I, I get it. I get why that, you know, she was doing it the way she, you know, she was being the way she was being with that. So, but, yep. I don't know. I don't know. So. <laughs> Doctor Who time, or do you have a, yeah, anything nope, else to talk about? I've got some news items, and, and actually, I okay. watched a couple trailers. Um, What'd you watch? Well, I watched Pitch Perfect 3. I saw that trailer was out, and I thought, huh. I enjoyed the first two movies. The first one especially. The second one, well, it wasn't yeah. as good as the first one, but I liked it. This one just looks like they're cashing in. Like, it... I can't really get behind this one. I will probably see it when it comes out on video, but I'm not going to the theater to see it. And I'm watching this trailer and thinking, holy crap, they're just doing the exact same thing again. You know, they're, they're not, they're not doing anything original. It's the same story again. So I'm not getting behind this one. I'm sorry. I, I can't. That's fine with me. Yeah. That, that's all I really had to say. Um, um, but then I saw another trailer yeah. that kind of took me by surprise. Somebody pointed it out to me. It was called American Assassin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I and thought I talked about this trailer a couple few weeks ago. Maybe you did, but I had not checked it out until just now. And the thing that shocked me about it was Michael Keaton. Yes. As a badass. Big like, time. Like, he's been a badass before, but this was like Michael Keaton as an assassin, badass, mercenary, black ops kind of guy, like, motherfucker, this guy's great. I might have talked about this to Rude then, I think. I, don't, I remember, I very, vividly remember talking about this. Uh, this movie, but yeah, it looks pretty damn awesome. Yeah, I, I'm quite impressed. I can't wait to check this out. Yeah, uh, that comes out this fall as well. Sometimes September, October, something like that. So I remember, I, I remember that much of it. So should I go over the news items now, or do you want to do Doctor Who and then news? Do you have any new stuff? Um, I'm debating on spoiling Transformers the last night. <laughs> you know what spoiled Transformers the last night was Michael Bay making it. Then screw it. I'm going to say it. Um, I read this today. And I'm like, are you freaking serious? Did you know that Earth is Unicron in this fucking cinematic universe? Really? Yep. That's the big reveal. Earth is Unicron. Wow. And they basically, the post-credit scenes apparently for this movie set up another movie. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't yeah. get over this because... I talked to some, some people are like, oh, I kind of want to see it. Some people are like, yeah, I definitely want to see it. It's a popcorn movie. The last movie legitimately made me angry. Like everything about that movie made me angry. And I, I want nothing to do with the entire series. And so, no, I will not be seeing this. I will not see it when it comes out on home video. I will not see it. Um, oh, so you're not going to watch the Bumblebee movie that comes out next year? The movie that's based on just Bumblebee? Are they going to let him talk? Uh, probably not. It's set in 1985, apparently. Oh, wait. I don't care. No, I won't be seeing it at all because Michael Bay eats dick. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, he's as bad as uh, Zack Snyder to me. Yeah. Uh, you say the you, you're saying that Age of Extinction is what turns you off to the, the the franchise. It took that long. Well, no, that's the thing. Is the first movie I kind of liked. You know, it was the first one in the series. We got Optimus Prime's voice again on the big screen. I was kind of excited about that. I think it's the nostalgia feeling of it all that made you like it. Yes. Yes, because the more I looked back on it, the more I was like, that really wasn't a great movie. The second movie was trash. Was terrible. The third movie was friggin' a dumpster fire. The fourth yep. movie, though, legitimately made me angry. Like, yep. it really pissed me off to watch that movie and watch the schlock that they poured forth. The product placement, the ridiculousness, the, the friggin' two-dimensional characters that had no friggin' anything to them. The whole movie was complete fucking garbage. Like, it was right up there with Batman vs. Superman. Go ahead, hate me. But it was right up there with Batman vs. Superman. Well, who knows? Maybe the Bumblebee movie would be like Wonder Woman. No. If I thought that was even remotely true. (sighs) I don't know. This is is what I do know. I, I have not been a fan of the series at all. I have watched them because it's Transformers. And like you said, we got Optimus Prime's voice. You know, we yeah. got to see Megatron. We got to well, see no, no, no. Galvatron. No, we got no, no, well, no. not, but we didn't get to see Megatron. But no. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I, I I saw the last night. My thought was like, well, when it comes out on home video, I guess I'll uh, I'll watch it when it comes out on home video. I guess just because why not? Yeah. But now I, I just don't think I'm going to. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, this will be the last time that Michael Bay is going to direct one of the movies. Someone else is going to be doing it going forward. But um, I don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but when I read today that, uh, yeah, Earth, it's, it's, you know, Galvatron is, sorry, Unicron is Earth. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's yeah. ridiculous. It's stupid. It's stupid. What's your news items? Uh, are uh, they Doctor Who orientated news items? No. Okay, go ahead. What's your news items? So, uh, as we've all read by now, I'm sure, but I'm still going to bring it up here anyway for those late to the party. Um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller left the Han Solo movie over creative differences. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty shocking. What was even more shocking was how quickly, I mean, I don't even think that the dust had settled on their contract and they were like, oh, but Ron Howard is going to take over. What do you think about that? I think he was waiting right there. I think that the company wanted him in for some reason. And so they kind of pushed Lord Miller out, which is garbage. I mean, Lord Miller do a good job. Ron Howard, yeah, he's an Academy Award winning, winning director. But look at the movies that he makes, you know, these are dramas. How is he going to get Tom Hanks into the film? I know. That's what I'm thinking too. You know, (laughs) is he going to be like Han Solo's dad? (laughs) Hey, why not? That would work probably. Um, I know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I don't, I've never watched the Ron Howard movie and been like, wow, this is garbage. But at the same time, it's, I can't think of something he's done that's – I mean, I know he did Apollo 13 people, but that's not – just because it's in space doesn't mean it's the same. No. Um, but I can't think of what he's done that 
would be equivalent, but I guess a drama is a drama. I, I, I don't know. We'll but, just have to wait and see. When you think Han Solo, do you think drama or do you think action adventure? Oh, no. When I think Han Solo, I think action adventure. I think smuggling, swashbuckling. I mean, yes, it's, he's a he's a space pirate. Yeah. He's a space pirate. Basically, so it comes down to yes. it, it makes me kind of angry. Yep. Um, yep. To, to think that Ron Howard is going to do this, but I guess we'll see. Maybe he's ready to branch out and do something better. Perhaps. Maybe this is what he's been waiting for. Who knows? Speaking of weird stuff, Damon Lindelof, we all know yep. Damon Lindelof, has been tapped to do a Watchmen TV series for HBO. Really? And all they would say about it is that it will be a TV series, not a movie, and it will be a reimagining of the story. So it is not going to follow the comics hmm. exactly. I don't know if that means that it's going to take place in that world, if it'll take place after the first one. They said a reimagining of the story. So that tells me that they're going to take an iconic classic and do it the way that they want to, which I don't think will go over very well with fans. Who knows? Yeah, that could be good and bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I still maintain that the only reason that the movie turned out well was because Snyder literally went pain for pain from the comic to the movie, except for the places where he improved, which turned out like crap. Like the sex scene between um, Night Owl and um, Alan Ackerman. I can't even think right now. I know who you're talking about. Silk Spectre. Yeah. Yeah. Silk Spectre. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I don't know. Uh, I'm. I'm hesitant. I'd like to see more of what's coming. Since it's HBO and it's not like when um, Tales from the Crypt was coming to TNT, I think that there will actually be something produced from this. Um, but I'll be interested to see what exactly he's going to be doing with it. I like David Lindelof. He's done some good stuff. But um, Now, another story. Did you hear that Netflix has just released its first interactive TV shows? No. What is that all about? They're children's shows, so you may want to line the kids up, but I guess they're doing things like Puss in Boots and a couple other things like that where the shows are essentially choose-your-own-adventures. Really? Yeah. I have not checked them out yet, but they're really excited about it, and they say that it's kind of going to be the future of their programming or one of the futures of their programming. So right now it's just kid stuff, but they're planning on doing it for adults later on too. But you watch the show, I guess, and you come to a certain point, and it's like, do you think he should do this or this? And then depending on your choice, that's where it picks up. Ah. Puss in Boots trapped in an epic tale. After tumbling into a magic storybook, Puss in Boots must fight, dance, and romance his way through wild adventures as he searches for an escape. I bet you're interesting. Like that. It says it's geared toward ages three and four, so yeah. probably. Wesley I know this man. I mean, I guess technically I do. I have watched quote, quote, fingers more movies this week because they just added a bunch of stuff to Netflix. And, like, I have probably heard, at the very least, listened to Trolls now 17 million times. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, I know I say this a lot, and I'm going to say it again, and I'll probably say it many, many more times in my life. Yet another reason I'm glad I don't have kids. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Today, today alone on the day trip that we took, we drove only about 220 miles, and I listened to it twice. <laughs> when I say listen to it, it's because it is on my wife's tablet because you can download you can download it on network Netflix for free. 
So it's on my wife's tablet, and uh, our son sits behind me, and it's Velcroed to my headrest, <laughs> and I can hear it. Nice. <coughs> yep. Um. So my last two things before we get to Doctor Who, you have to you have to let us know if you check out those Netflix shows and how they turn out. Um. Because I'm interested in the science behind it, not so much to do it myself, but you know, I'd like to know what the science is like behind it. So, if you if you do run through those with your kids or whatever, let us know. Yeah, I will. Um, so there was a big debate raging over the last week, week and a half, about the place of Sony's products in Marvel's universe. You know, the peanut butter and the chocolate, chocolate and the peanut butter kind of thing. Because we've got the Spider-Man movie coming up here very shortly. Like yep. really shortly. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Just to jump in real quick. Sure. Did you see how they've retconned the Spider-Man to say he was in Iron Man too? Yes. Yes. How do you see, how, that. How, do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't like it. I, I don't like them trying to force stuff like that in there, especially considering that back then, um, this was not even a blip on anybody's radar. So yep. don't try to say, oh, well, that thing that we made, you know, X number of years ago, uh, that was, that was, Pe- that was Peter Parker. Yeah, it really was. No, it wasn't. Don't say that. Yeah. He was not credited in the movie as Peter Parker. So don't say that. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. No, no, no. I agree with you 100%. So the big debate was that, you know, we've got Spider-Man coming up. He's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We saw him in Civil War. He's going to be in Infinity War Part 1 at least. Um, and Kevin Feige has actually gone on the record as saying that at least the first movie after they get done with the Infinity War Part 2, which they're calling Avengers 4, um, will be Spider-Man Homecoming 2. And he said it won't really be Homecoming 2, but that's the only thing they can call it right now. So, um, but then... The head of Marvel, uh, Sony Studios said that they're making a Venom movie and a, it's called Black and Silver and it's Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. Yes. And that she was like, oh yeah, they'll be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Kevin Feige, as we were talking about, you know, he had that memed face because he was like, whoa, huh? Um, but finally both of them got together, talked it out, and then they've issued one statement that says no. And this is where it gets really weird. Okay, so they said that Spider-Man is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Venom, Black Cat, Silver Sable, and any of the other ones that come out of those movies are not. They are in like an alternate world. So they specifically said in this that Venom and Spider-Man are not part of the same universe. Venom doesn't exist without Spider-Man. Yeah, no, no, the symbiote has to merge with Spider-Man to get, yeah... Yeah, and no matter which one of the stories you look through, you know, Venom exists because of Spider-Man in one way or another. So to say that, well, we're going to have Spider-Man over here, but we'll have Venom have his own movie. Why? Why would he exist? There's no reason for him to exist. Yeah, pretty much no, none none whatsoever. It'd be like saying there's going to be a Batman movie, and then there'll be a Joker movie, but Joker exists in a different universe. They'll never cross paths. And it's not even that bad either, because, like, Venom is created because of Spider-Man. Like, he doesn't exist without Spider-Man. This is ridiculous. And then they even went a step further and said, oh, and we've decided that one of the main villains of the Venom movie will be Carnage. 
So you're just throwing the symbiotes in there for no reason whatsoever. What the f- I am a huge Spider-Man fan. I love Venom. I, I liked Carnage. I know Carnage was controversial for a lot of people. I liked what he brought to the table. But this is ridiculous. It, they're just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. And I'm not Yeah, mad. that that is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm a little upset about that. But you know, at least they clarified. So going forward we know that Sony's universe is not the same as Marvel's universe. And and they asked Kevin Feige, you know, is it possible that down the road like Venom could be part of it? And he says, You never know. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes, but listen to me when I say this. He says, this is my generic answer. He goes, because you could ask me, will Superman ever show up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And I'll say, well, we'll never know. He says, I'm going to answer that for everything from now on. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess that's a good answer, but. Yeah. The the only other thing that I have is one really fun trivia thing. And I think you'll appreciate this. Okay. So. In an interview recently with the actor who played Chief in Wonder Woman, he told everybody that Chief was actually a demigod. He was Nappy, the Blackfoot demigod. And he went on to talk about that and about how he fits into the pantheon of gods and demigods and such stuff. Uh, they brought up the fact that, like, every – and second time watching the movie, I noticed this too. Everybody that meets Diana – wants to shake her hand, they all put their hands out to shake her hand, and she just looks down at them like, what? What is this? Like, not confused, but just like, I don't know what you're doing, and she just moves on with her life. He is the only one that when he puts his hand out, and she she reciprocates, like she shakes hands with him. And when he first addresses her, he speaks in Blackfoot, and she replies in Blackfoot, and they never subtitle it. And he says that what he was actually saying was introducing himself as Nappy, demigod of the Blackfoot, because he recognized in her, her godhood. Okay, I do remember them speaking foreign language at each other, and it wasn't subtitled. Yep. I do remember that part, because I thought, okay, they're just showing us that she can speak his language. Right. You know what I mean? Because she yep. can speak a hundred languages, and guess what? She can speak Native American as well, a race of people she's never met, quote-unquote. Yep. That's what I thought as well. Huh. But yeah, uh, that that was why they didn't subtitle it, was because they were actually saying, you know, he was introducing himself as a demigod. And she just rolled with it. She's like, yep, cool. Well, she was there to hunt Ares, so to her that just seemed normal, probably. Yep. That's pretty interesting. I like it. Yeah, I did too. I like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. That's all I got other than the doctor. Well, I think we need to talk about the doctor then. (laughs) I think we really need to talk about it. it, Never has an episode uh... more lived up to the title of Doctor Who than having Missy walk out and keep calling herself Doctor Who. (laughs) Yeah. Why why are you saying that? Why are you saying that that's his name? Because he always says I'm the doctor and they always say who? And he goes the doctor. And besides, that's his real name. What? No it isn't. <laughs> and then he pretty much confirms that yeah, that's that's my real name. Yep. My real name is Doctor Who. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome." Like after 300 episodes and 50 years or whatever it is, you know, he's he's saying he's Doctor Who. I like it. I did as well. 
<sighs> so, that being said, yes. pretty pretty powerful episode. Like, I didn't oh, see yeah. it going the direction it went. I kind of, like... I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about it because we're going to have to spoil it. So, like, going through the episode, I didn't see how the ending was going to go until, you know, Bill said something about, well, they're all in pain, constant pain. And he said, oh, don't worry. We have this. It goes around your head. It helps with the pain. I went, oh, shit, really? Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's, no, no, no. And then, yeah. So, I mean... Craziness. You're way better explaining it than I am, so go. So, (laughs) last week's episode ended with the doctor, and this was something weird too, and maybe I just picked up on it, because my DVR always records the last minute of the episode before, so I got the last scene with him and Missy and the TARDIS talking about maybe it's time for us to be friends again, and he was saying, you know, that's the problem with hope, it can be addictive. Um, He was wearing a wedding ring. I don't okay. remember seeing him wear a wedding ring. I mean, I know we had the whole River Song thing and that, you know, this kind of came about because her last wishes were sent through Nardole, etc. But he was wearing a wedding ring on his left hand, big silver ring. Mm. And maybe I've just missed it all this season. I'll have to go back and check, which I will be doing shortly here. Um, but it just seemed really out of place. I was like, well, wait a minute. But. So basically, we start off this episode with Missy. They land on this ship, uh, and Missy bursts forth and introduces herself as Doctor Who. And these are my, uh, what did she say? These are my companions, expendable and comic my relief. My expendables. Yes. My expendables. Yeah. One of them was comic relief and one of them was something else. Yeah. And, uh, like, Essentially, what's happening is the doctor is on the TARDIS and he's monitoring because he's testing her to see if she can be good. You know, yes. giving her a, a distress call. We find out later through a beautiful bit of, um, like flashback that was done very well that he talked to Bill about setting up this test for her because he really, like, he misses his friend. He says, this is the only person who is like me. You know, the only one in the entire universe who is so much like me. And that doesn't just mean race. That means, you know, they think alike. This is why they've always been great adversaries, because they are two sides of the same coin. You know, they're both brilliant. They're both way too good for their own good. And the master just chooses to see the negative of things for the most part. And the doctor chooses to see the positive. And... He says, you know, this is my best friend. This is the person that's most like me in the universe. I want her to be good. And they throw in some nice little nods there when he says, you know, I remember back then he was great. And she's like, wait a minute, he? And he's like, yeah, I I think he was a man back then. Maybe it was, I don't know. And he says that Time Lords have lived for all these generations, all these eons. They've kind of moved beyond the simple binary gender system that humans have here on Earth. And so that was kind of cool and a nod to the whole, you know, regenerating into a woman thing. Right. Um, but basically, Bill, it, it's hard to sell her on this because she's like – and this was the other thing too. Like, Bill has had very few interactions anywhere near Missy. Like, right. Missy's been locked in a vault. So it's all based on stories that either Nardole or the Doctor have told her, I would say. Yeah, right. But she's basically like, she's evil. She kills people. Don't let her out. You shouldn't be doing this. And the doctor's like, no, we got to test her. And so they agree. And the reason that that 
flashback happens is because back on the ship, you know, Missy goes out there and she's like, I'm going to save this ship and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to figure out what's going on with it. You know, there's alarms going off because it's right next to a black hole. And they kind of pull an interstellar here and, you know, the ship is moving away from the black hole, but very, 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 very slowly. And this one crew member shows up where they are. You know, he comes down and he's like, what are you doing here? Which one of you is human? Because suddenly there are all these life signs coming up the lifts. And he's like, they only come up when they sense humans. And whoever the human is, they're coming for you. And the only way to stop them is to kill you. And they're like, no, 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 no. You know, we can't do this. This is a real test for Missy. You know, is she going to actually turn in Bill or kill Bill? Uh, kill Bill. Um, and, and the doctor doesn't seem to trust her because he comes right off the TARDIS. And he's like, no, 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 we're not doing this. And uh, just before the lift gets up there and the life forms appear the guy shoots Bill right in the chest. And I mean... And that really surprised me because a lot of times, you know, the doctor will start talking to the person, talk them out of it. Yeah. And he seemed to be doing it like typically. And then, nope. No. I mean, blew a gaping... This was not like a little laser blast. This was a gaping hole. You could fit your entire forearm, maybe even your upper arm, through this. And we get a nice slow motion of her realizing what's going on and then keeling over. And that's when we get the flashback to tell you why they were on this mission, why they came here. Um, and then when we come back to the present, the doors open and these shrouded bag over their head, like pillowcase over their head, characters kind of come out and scoop Bill up on a gurney and take her away. And they say that they can fix her. And the doctor's like, good, they can fix her. And they're like, no, only she can come. And the doctor whispers, like he's standing outside the lift as the doors close. And he's whispering, wait for me, wait for me. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sending her a message in her subconscious. Yep. They're like, well, she's dead. Well, they said they're going to repair her. Yep. And so, we see that throughout the episode. Yeah, it keeps coming back to her because, like I was saying, they do the interstellar thing where they talk about how the closer you are to a black hole, time passes more slowly. So you get to see Bill does get, quote-unquote, repaired. She's got a giant metal box sticking out of her chest and a sheet over it so that they don't have to show you, you know, that it's sticking out of her flesh because then they yeah. have to show naked flesh. And this is the BBC. Um, but she is talking to this guy down there. Uh, it was like Mr. Slash or something. God, I can't even remember his name. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, like Mr. Slash, I think. And uh, he seems to be like part janitor, part maintenance guy down in this ship. And But he knows everything. Yes, yes. He knows everything about what's going on down there. There's that overweight nurse ratchet type who is – tending to the other patients that we meet. God, she is a nurse ratchet type, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. We see that there are all these other patients who, like, have the sacks over their heads. Their, their bodies are completely covered. And they have – it's like an IV, and they have these little teletype machines where they can hit it. And if you turn up the volume, you can hear what they're saying. And it's a lot of things like pain, 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 or kill me, kill me. Yeah. Uh, they all seem to be very miserable, but they can't do anything about it. They just kind of sit there like they're in a drunken haze and tap on their little buttons. So uh, Bill explores a little bit with Mr. Slash, and he talks to her about things that are going on. He's watching what's going on with the doctor and 
Missy and Nardle up at the command post that they left them at. And they never give an exact time, but years are passing for Bill and Slash and the other people. It's almost like they had – at one point they showed a clock. Yep. And the clock showed time at the top of the ship, time, you know, you know, level 1056. That's right. And I want to say the top of the ship showed like two days or something like yep. that. And the, then the, the level was like on like a thousand years or something like that. It, I think it was also in days, but it was like 10,000 days or something. Okay. Yeah. I it mean, was it was insane. It, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I don't even think – I think it was more than 10,000 days. It might have been like 100,000 days. That would be 30 years Yeah, yep. or something like that. But yeah, it was – or 100 years, I mean. It was It was a lot of days. Time yep. was passing. Like when you watch the clock, the second hand was just tick, 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 tick. And then on the other one, it was – I can't even do the tick slow yeah. enough. But anyways, yeah, well, it was – he made mention a couple of times, like they were talking about how he raised, they were watching the doctor and she goes, Oh, he's raising his eyebrow. You know, that means that he's thinking of something clever and slash is like, he's been raising it for two weeks. Yes. And even nurse ratchet was like, you know, Hey, keep an eye on him. He goes, are you kidding me? He's been raising his eyebrow for two weeks. I'm definitely glued to this. <laughs> so, and then when, you know, so we'd see him on the monitor and it would be like paused and then it would yeah. flash back up there and some great camera work of suddenly like times catching up and they're like, okay, so blah, blah, blah. And the doctor's being very clever and doing his thing. Uh, but what's really the, the interesting story is down in the bowels of the ship. Yes. And this is a colony ship, but the guy told them, the blue guy told them that there were no colonists on board. It wasn't ready for people yet, but there are people there. And this is where it gets kind of weird because Slash is talking about how they – the atmosphere in here is not good and they want to go up above deck and take over the ship from their captors, you know, yep. from the people that are running the place. And But they know that they can't do it as they are right now because they're too weak from being inside here and they're too weak from this atmosphere. So they have to evolve and they know that it will take generations, but they've now got a secret – uh tech that can help them evolve even faster. And that's like the, the heart in her chest, you know, being replaced by the, uh, metal box. And that's like you said, it, he showed her the, uh, thing that goes over the top of your head that would take away your emotions so that you didn't worry about that kind of stuff. The other little nod that I saw earlier had been, Oh, they have a helmet now. Look at that. And I'm like, that helmet mm. kind of looks, yeah, he was like all jealous. He's like, oh, I want a helmet like that. Um, yeah. But basically, you're getting the hints dropped. And like somebody said earlier, it's too bad that everything was spoiled weeks ago and they told you what was coming. But if you could just... Oh, okay, so here's the thing. I didn't know what was coming. Okay, so I, you must I don't have had a lot of enjoyment. The, I don't read any of the news. Like, I don't read any of the... the like, I avoid it all on Facebook. I don't yep. watch the next time on Doctor Who. Um the first time I have all season long was after this episode. So Cause as I have to see the next one. Yes. That's the first time all season long that I've, I've watched the next time on doctor who I shut it off. I don't watch it. Um, I don't, I don't read any of the news about what happened in this episode or what it means or this or that or what's coming up or doctor. Oh, they just gave a nod and a wink to this. I, I avoid all of it. Nice. All of it, all of it, all of it. The only time, like, I think one time I didn't shut it off fast enough and I saw 
that like the master, you know, the the, the male actor playing the master or something like that was going to be on it coming up an episode gotcha. an episode coming up or I saw a picture on Facebook or something. Otherwise, I avoid it. So. It, when they did the big reveal at the end, when I'm when I saw the headpiece, I was like, no, 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 mm. and then I'm like thinking about the helmet. I'm like, get out, no, no, yep. And then they opened the door, and I was like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like I couldn't believe it. Like this explain like Bill's the first Cyberman, pretty much. Yeah, like Bill, literally the first. Bill is literally the very first Cyberman to come off the line. Yep. Because these, and that is huge. These are the Mondasian Cybermen from yes. Mondas. Because Missy's yes. sitting there and she's like, why do I know this? Why do I know this? This seems so familiar. And the planet that they, that these settlers, colonists, whatever this ship embarked from was Mondas, which the Mondasian Cybermen, I did a little research, they were in exactly one episode back in 1965, I believe, when the show first came out. The first time they were ever shown was like this, which is basically people in, I mean, sweatshirts, sweatpants, gloves, yeah. um, sacks over their heads, the cheesiest looking Cybermen you can ever see. But back for the 60s, that was high tech. Yep. And then they, the next time they were seen, they were much more refined. Well, for the they time. were they were robots. They yeah, were, they are now like the Tin Man type yep. of thing. But and which is what we see in the previews for next week. Yes. Yeah, we see which is much the more Doctor updated. Falls. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, Bill essentially learns that she is set to evolve like the rest of them. And they make it sound noble, not like, you know, oh, we're selling you on this, but you actually feel for these people. You know, they, they're they oppressed. They're living down here in squalid conditions. They want yep. to get up and take over the ship so that they can, you know, fight back. And so they're evolving themselves, but they're evolving themselves as Cybermen. And, you know, if this is the very first Cybermen, if Bill is the very first Cyberman ever... <sighs> that then take on the doctor back in the sixties, back when it was first William Hartnell, you know, yep. it's a giant loop type of thing. Oh, hell yeah, it is. And then that wasn't even like, that wasn't the only reveal because as you've mentioned, and as we've seen in the previews, you know, it turns out that her friend, Mr. Slash there, I, I don't razor. even know his name. Razor. Thank you. I knew razor. it was something like that. Yep. Mr. Razor was actually, John Sims version of the master and he yes. remembers Missy being here which is kind of weird. Did you pick up on that? I did. He remembers he he even said you don't remember me, do you? Yeah. Because um that, that's it, what it was. He he doesn't she doesn't remember him. Yeah, you don't remember me, do you? Because like he was she she doesn't uh, his thing is like because he knew she was straight away. Yeah, which is kind of odd because she yeah, be it is odd. Him. But she doesn't remember being him, being dressed up as Razor, being on the ship, and he's like, "You don't remember me. You're me." So I'm still wondering if we're going to get a reveal that she was never the master because you notice he introduced himself as the master to her. Yes, he yes. said, "Hi, Missy. I'm the master." 
Yes. And he did not say, I'm you. He did not say, you know, remember when you were me. The only reference he made to his past was they asked why he was disguised. And he said, well, when you've been somebody's prime minister, you kind of got to go undercover. So yes. That, and then as soon as he said that, she went, <gasps> yeah. you know. But that almost says, too, that he knew Bill was coming here. Because she would have been the only one other than the doctor that would have recognized him as Harold Saxon, the prime minister. Um, yes, 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 that's true. So I found that a little bit suspicious. But then once he reacquainted himself with Missy, as it were, um, she suddenly seemed to drop the charade of being good and was like, yep. We're going to be bad together. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Now they come in together with the cyber, you know, and they're, they're, they're going to be bad. But then in the previews for next week, they're all working together against the Cybermen. Yeah, which was odd. And I love the fact that Missy seems to have something to do with her umbrella. She pointed it yes, at that guy her earlier. umbrella is her uh, Sonic? Sonic screwdriver, yeah. She has but a Sonic it- is it going to be Sonic? Because John Sims always used the laser screwdriver, and he always said, you know, Sonic's ridiculous. It doesn't do any damage. Laser is where it's at. So are we oh, going to find okay. out that her umbrella is Sonic or laser? Because Sims definitely looked like he was using the same laser that he had when David Tennant was around. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. And the other huh. thing, too, is the last yeah. time we saw John Sim as the master was the end of time. And he fell into the crack with Rassilon. Shot him, fell into the crack in time with Rassilon so that it could be sealed up and uh, Gallifrey could be, quote-unquote, lost again, right before David Tennant had to disappear. Right. So that's the last we saw of him. But he seems to recall his time as um, the Harold Saxon. Now, Harold Saxon was killed. His body was burned on a pyre by the doctor to make sure that he was dead. Then, in the end of Time Part 1, he was resurrected through that weird ritual that those cultists did and brought him back from the dead. And that's why he was never quite right. You know, he had that weird electrical thing going on where he kept, like, spazzing out and turning into electricity. So, So there was no time between him being Harold Saxon and then the end of time that you could say, oh, well, maybe in there he was having adventures. So something happened when he fell through the crack with Rassilon and the rest of the Time Lords. And I think that we're going to have to find out what that is pretty damn quick in the next episode because they get a lot of ground to cover. And they do have no, 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 no. I'm, I'm processing. Well, that's that's actually what. No, I no, no. Not, I'm, I'm, not where you yeah. did, did I lose you oh, in oh, the like? Oh. This is a lot to process. No, no. I'm processing everything you're just saying, and I'm like, man, they uh, is the final episode going to be a double episode or an extended episode? I wonder. I don't know. All I know is that they're calling it because it's British. They're calling it the series finale, but it's yes. not because right. they don't have seasons as much as they have series in Britain. So this is the final episode of the series for this series because this is series 10 of Doctor Who um, you know one of the things that neither one of us mentioned was the very first thing you see in this episode is there is he sends some sort of snow tundra snow planet or whatever yeah. it is 
but he stumbles out of the TARDIS and drops to his knees and starts regenerating. His hands are glowing. His face is glowing. Yep. So we got to get there too. Yes, we do. And we got to get there. And we still and don't get, know. They haven't told us if he's going to regenerate in this coming up episode or if he's going to regenerate during the Christmas special. Right. That's true. They They've said, said that, that Peter Capaldi will be in the Christmas special, but they haven't said the extent. It almost would be a dick move uh, to make us wait six months. Yes, it would be a Walking Dead move. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. it was a great episode, though. It and was. I loved not knowing anything, so I got that big reveal where I had – you, dude, I, I really wish kind of we were watching it together because, like, I had a very powerful emotional reaction. I was sitting by myself, so I felt kind of foolish. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was shocked and in a good way. I was shocked in a good way. But now I'm just like, well, Bill's dead. Like, Bill's gone. Yeah. I don't think you can un-Cyberman her. I remember I know Nardo said, oh, we just need to go back in time before this happened and prevent it from happening. Well, the, you can't do that. They've said right. that a thousand times. You can't do that. Exactly. Unless, Unless he does, and that's what causes him to have to regenerate because he violates some rule or something. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, because, you know, we know that Moffat's leaving the show. We know that there's so many people leaving the show. Missy says she's not going to be back. You know, there was rumor if Bill was going to be back or not, if they're going to start all over again with the new Doctor, new companion, new everything. I mean, this is the biggest reboot of the series, save the 2005 relaunch. Right. Yep. So it's uh, it's going to be damn impressive. I I'm excited. Um, I still think we're going to find out that Missy is not who she says she is. I, I think that's going to be a thing, and it's going to be. Why has she been pretending then? Because it's not like only he's the one that knows. You know what I mean? Like. I'm the, that planet, they, they plan it when they put her in that thousand year thing. I mean, she's got to be a. Yep. She's got to be a, a time lord. They never named her though, did they? You notice nope. that when they were well, going to kill her. Um, I, I'm wondering if, and this is kind of weird, but roll with me here. If she isn't aware that she's someone else, if she thinks that she's the master, but she's yeah. not really, like. She's confused or, you know, somebody messed with her head type of thing. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I don't okay. know. It, it's – There's a lot to ponder and the thing is, is like we don't know of any other Time Lord. So if she's not the master, then they're going to reveal her to be someone and we're just supposed to be like, okay, who is that? Um. There have been a few other Time Lords back in the early, early days that people have um, uh, thought that it could be. And I want to say Rassilon, but it's not. It's um, uh, the oh – God, what is she? The Rachne or – something like that. But there was a female oh. evil Time uh, time Lord named – I think it was the Rachne or something like that. Okay, so this would be going back a ways then. Yes, which they've done before. But well, which they've done this season. Yes. Twice now. Did you catch the nice little nod there at the very end, you know, when we're meeting Cyberman Bill 
and you know, I am Bill Potts. And then it zooms in and you get to see her human eye in there and the tear comes yes. down and it comes down the outside of the metal because Cybermen always have that one thing around their eye that looks like a tear. Yes. Yes. Oh, the show. This friggin' show. <sighs> yeah. It was a great episode. It really was. It was a great episode. It's been a good season. And I'm very excited for next week's episode. Yes. Very, very excited for next week's episode. Very excited. So, yeah. We shall see. Yep. <sighs> well, um, that sort of wraps it up for me this week. Uh, me as well. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So I guess that's it. I guess uh, you can find us uh, on some social media platforms. Uh, I am at Superstar Mel on the uh, the Twitter machine. I am at the Quantum Geek. That's G three three K. The show is at What Did You Watch on Twitter and What Did You Watch This Week on Facebook. So check us out there. And uh, oh, hey, before I say thanks, I made a promise last week that I just remembered, and uh, <laughs> that doesn't bode well. I'm going to follow through on it right now. Someone asked me what Roku channels I use or I have up um, that I use or I check out other than the standards. So just real quick, um, I have uh, Netflix. I have WWE Network. I have Hulu. Uh, the CW app is pretty cool. Uh, you can watch all their CW shows on there. I don't – I think they only have maybe like the most recent five episodes. So – uh, you have to watch them as you go. They have the CW Seed, which is another app version of theirs, which is excellent as well. If you're a fan of the original Constantine series that uh, was unnecessarily canceled and they won't bring it back, uh, that complete series is on the CW Seed, and they have some original things on the CW Seed because they are bringing that back in cartoon form on that app, that channel, if you will. Um, uh, the PBS app. PBS Kids app, I mean, is great. Hasbro Studios has a free app, and you can watch some Transformers and G.I. Joe on there. Now, on the Hasbro and on the CW and the CWC, you do have to deal with commercials, but it is not uh, overly troubling. Uh, if you're a uh, Jim Henson fan, there's the Jim Henson Family TV app slash channel, which you can watch Fraggle Rock on. As well as some other the uh, non Muppet related Jim Henson properties. Again, slight commercials. Uh, I think the Hasbro Channel also has Jim and the Holograms. Um, there's a channel called Cape Television, which is pretty cool. Cape, as in Super Cape or Superhero Cape, and you can watch all the old like black and white serials like. Batman, Superman, Captain America, uh, the Green Hornet and whatnot, like you'd go to the movie theater to watch week after week, you know, the ones that uh, really made uh, Kathy Bates' character in Misery super angry, how they changed the uh, the beginning of the next week from what happened last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are on there, and those are pretty cool. Um, uh, another channel that I, I watch frequently is Disney Junior for my son. Um, Disney has their own as well as uh, Disney XD. You get limited access to episodes on those because uh, you have to have cable to sign in with your cable account to get more. And uh, another app that I use frequently, or at least I watch, they're called apps on here, or they're called channels or apps, whatever you want to call it. You have to download it to your Roku player. It's called Raslin, R-A-S-S-L-I-N. 
and I don't know how it works. I don't know what they do. I know I hit enter, and it runs a commercial, and then it'll pull up. I think I don't know if it grabs from YouTube or Daily Motion or some sort of server they have there. But you could be watching old wrestling black and white from the fifties, or Memphis wrestling from the seventies, or independent wrestling, which I've seen some local independents on there. I've even out of Rhode Island and New England on here, or maybe you're going to watch some TNA or old WWE. And the video clips can last from a promo to a match to a whole hour long TV show, and they throw a couple of commercials on in between. Sometimes I just set that on the background and I work on other stuff, whatever. So those are a few of the apps or channels, if you will, that I use on Roku. Those are all free. There's a lot of paid ones, of course, as well you can get. So there. There's that. All righty then. And uh, just all the closing stuff we already spoke about. Kick back a couple minutes and let's do it again if you if you need to know again. Yeah, that stuff. What our what our what our what our social media handles are, so that's if they didn't hear us start to do the send off and they're like, Oh, they're talking about their social media stuff and they just hit stop. Oh, that's true. So yeah, they could do it's that. It's entirely possible that nobody's listening to this right now. It very, very well could be. And I guess if that's the case, then that's the case. Yep. Less sad. Oh well. Life goes on. It does indeed. It does indeed. People have written songs about that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. <laughs>